Okay, on a Wednesday, this conversation is proudly brought to us by Women's Institute for Leadership Development. And Jaban Kurumile Pambili, Nuguti, we are scoping down, we're looking at COVID-19. And over the past years, over the past year, starting the new year, 2021, upon learning of these new different variants, doctors are saying they are spreading faster. So, you know what, we hopefully that today going to take something, one or two things from our conversation because I'm going to be joined by uh, a medical doctor, Dr. Tawana Kupe, as well as uh, Emmanuel Marozwa, who is a medical labot- the laboratory scientist. But starting off our conversation, you know, Dr. Tawana Kupe. Welcome, Dr. Tawana. Hello, good morning. Uh, good. Thank you for having me. All right. Kindly briefly share with us uh, what you do. Um, I'm currently a medical doctor working at the United Royal Hospital, but I've also worked at Guinness uh, Central Hospital. I'm also part of a rapid response team, and as well as attached to some COVID patients here and there at uh, UBA. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you so much. Welcome once again. So, jumping onto our conversation, one thing that has been very heartbreaking is how people have taken this COVID-19 thing very lightly. We have seen people playing yeah. around it, you know, throwing around all these different myths, you know, take, not taking it seriously as a life-threatening uh, condition that it is. So, at what point can communities finally be aware that COVID-19 is existent and when left untreated, it can lead to death? Unfortunately, I think people should uh, take this thing seriously. We should have taken it seriously from the beginning because I think initially people were like, uh, you know, this COVID thing is not there. We're not seeing anyone is dying. But then nowadays, you'd be hard to find someone who doesn't know someone who died of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think now is a better time to just, you know, take it up and be serious about it. We should have started long ago, but, you know, it's not too late. Now let's just follow the rules, uh, do as we're told to prevent um, you know, the spread of COVID because the thing about COVID is that even if you are wearing the mask and stuff, you're not protecting only yourself, mm. but you're protecting the entire community, you know, the vulnerable, the elderly, the malnourished, you know, all those in your community. So if you're following the rules and doing what you're told, you're just doing community service, so to speak. Okay. So we should take from, you know, the get-go. All right. Now, Dr. Tawana, there is talk of the COVID-19 variants. There's a UK variant, there's a South African variant. Tell us about that and why should we know about them? Well, um, the thing is, uh, the the COVID-19 virus uh, has been mutating, you know, uh, from the time it started. But in, you know, the mutations were not major ones. So Scientists were not really worried about those. Mm. But uh, when it came to the South African, uh, the Brazilian and the UK variant, there were major uh, mutations that were noted. And with that, it came uh, with the, you know, it, the virus started transmitting uh, faster because now the mutations afforded it the ability to attach much easier to some of the receptors in the nose and in, in the mouth and the airways. So it means that the virus would spread faster. There has been some talk on the variants being uh, more deadly in terms of causing higher death rates and more severe diseases, but that's still under study. Some people are saying that, yes, the virus does cause more severe diseases, it causes more deaths, and I think those theories will probably be supported by people seeing, you know, some of the people that they know dying, actually, from this COVID-19. And... I think us as the moment, because, you know, we've got reduced uh, capacity and capability uh, to test for this 
variant, it's easier for us to just, you know, protect ourselves. So it's good to know about it, but, you know, stick to what you, you're told to do. Put on your mask, sanitize, social distance, stay at home. All right. That's so yeah. as they are known uh, to be spreading faster, so mm-hmm. is the still method of protecting ourselves, wearing a mask, is it still effective, effective against these new variants? No, definitely, because uh, primarily COVID-19 is spread by two ways. Mm. Uh, contact with uh, your nasal mucosa and uh, aerosol. So aerosols are just droplets uh, uh, that will contain the virus that is just roaming about in the air. So if you put on your mask correctly and uh, all the time and you see social distance, most you curb transmission of the virus in that way. Most of the time, that should work. That should still work. All right. So as a doctor, when you are treating a patient, do you do so with different variants in mind or you just treat it as the COVID-19 case, um, Yeah, the first version of it? Well, uh, COVID-19, like I said, you know, it's the virus that causes respiratory symptoms and whether it uh, mutates or not, you know, it will still cause the respiratory, um, it, it still causes respiratory illnesses. So we still uh, treat COVID-19 patients the same way. Uh, primarily, they just need oxygen. Some may need antibiotics and, you know, painkillers and, um, uh, you know, paracetamol to reduce uh, fever and stuff like that. So we still treat it the same way because mm-hmm. it still causes a respiratory illness. Okay. So... Uh, all right, I hear you. So as a doctor, I cannot even begin to imagine the amount of pressure that has been on you in the medical sector, being the frontline workers. And I know we've tweeted about you. We say that the superheroes of this new season are the doctors and the nurses. But we cannot even begin to imagine what you guys are going through. So how then do you cope with the surge in cases with each passing day and, you know, as, as COVID-19 seems is still amongst us, how do you manage to cope? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's quite a difficult thing uh, because, um, you know, as a medical uh, person, you you deal with death uh, almost on a daily basis. Okay. But the young people, you know, people who are seemingly strong and healthy, you know, die from this uh, illness. It's quite heartbreaking. And that's why you will hear any doctor that you'll talk to, you will hear them tell you that stay at home, you know, mask up. If you don't need to go outside, do not go outside. Because it does take a toll even on the psychological side of things mm-hmm. for the doctor and the ill person as well. So, you know, obviously you, you learn a few coping mechanisms, you know, of dealing with it. But um, keeping in touch with family, you know, trying to engage your mind as much as you can, even when you're ill with COVID, I think it helps to just curb some of those uh, psychological problems like depression because actually with COVID-19, we found that some patients afterwards, they suffer from what we call long COVID, which um, uh, is, is, is a group of uh, just psychological and physical ailments after you've, you've, been, you've been managed for the COVID itself. So, you know, you just find that you need to connect those people with psychological services, you know, social services and all those things. So I think basically that's how you, you can cope with COVID-19. All right. So 
there is an ever, you know, there's this ever rising cases of COVID-19. You know, you mentioned something earlier on that people have the stance of saying, if I don't know anyone who has it, it's not there, so I can manage to remain uh, relaxed. But then the cases are rising, you know, the numbers are piling up. And, you know, those numbers, you know, one way or the other, there's some, some people that we know. Why should someone be concerned about this? Why should we be concerned about the rising numbers? Um, you know, like I said, COVID-19 is a public health um, emergency. So it's not a disease about of uh, the fact that um, it's in the home. You know, we can only contain it in the home. It's a community illness. So we should be concerned about the spread of COVID-19 because um, if I don't wear a mask today and uh, say I go to a supermarket, you know, I'm meeting several different people who are coming from, you know, a lot of different areas and they live with people with different health conditions from diabetes, hypertension, um, cancers, you know, malnourished children and all those things. So when I'm not doing uh, what I can to curb the spread, I'm actually promoting uh, the spread of COVID and I'm promoting um, and I'm actually going to be responsible for some deaths because I am not uh, protecting my community. So we should be worried about it. And uh, particularly the South African variant, you know, you would hear of people who would be crossing the border without getting proper testing, you know, coming from South Africa during the December holidays. And I guess people, we lack um, the knowledge to say, you know, this is affecting the next person mm -hmm. because that was seriously endangering the community. And particularly with the South African variant, which is more transmissible, uh, you know. So I think we really, really need to be responsible for each other and be our brother's keepers, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All right. So let's talk about testing for COVID-19. Its importance, where does it lie? Because, you know, we've heard uh, the situation by, you know, you get a flu and then, you know, you're afraid to say, okay, is it it? Is it it? Why is it important to test for COVID-19? And when should you advise someone to go and test for COVID-19? Um, I think we, uh, anyone who feels like they are ill, they should go to the nearest health facility and ask for a COVID test because it's something that's not spreading within the community. It's no longer like during the first days where it was just spread if you've uh, had contact with someone who had traveled internationally. Now it's at community level. So anyone who feels sick, um, you should go get tested. The primary symptoms include headaches, uh, you know, fever, a dry cough, a sore throat, uh, maybe changes in taste and, and, and smell perception. You know, uh, it, it doesn't hurt to go to the local facility and say, you know what, this is what I'm ill with. Could you perhaps do a COVID test on me? There are some places where you get charged. There are some places where you you test it for free. So I guess it will depend with what you're able to do. Um, as soon as you get tested, so I think you should also uh, isolate at home. You know, um, if you can, if you live in a home where you've got a facility, you can use your own bathroom. Um, you can okay. have. Is this you <laughs> waiting for the results, or you yes. being told that you're COVID nineteen positive? No. Even if you're waiting for results and you feel you're ill and yeah, you're quite ill, you can just isolate at home. Um, as well as if you're COVID-19 uh, positive with uh, maybe mild symptoms, also isolate at home. You know, use your own bathroom. Um, you know, reduce uh, contact with family as much as you can. 
and you know with the outside people as much as we can because for COVID-19 to end we need to stop the human to human transmission okay. and the only way to do that is to let the virus die off from you um, and then you can have contact with other people. All right. So then if someone then has been uh, told that they're COVID-19 positive, what should they do in terms of seeking treatment? Um, Usually when you're diagnosed with COVID-19, you should be able to see a health practitioner. They would classify your disease as either mild, moderate or severe. So you find that we hospitalize um, moderate and severe cases because these ones need oxygen uh, therapy. But the mild cases, we usually just treat them as a common cold at home, but okay. with the emphasis on isolation. So you can take your cough syrup if you have an unbearable cough. You can take your analgesics, your painkillers, your fever medication. You can even use, um, you know, the home remedies for flu that we grew up with, like kukufuta, you know, mm-hmm. with gum tree oil, and, and stuff like that, because it's just managing the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so this is a mild it, case. Yeah, this is a mild case. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself having um, breathing, extreme chest pain, you know, um, I, I, it's advisable to just go back to the hospital and present yourself. The doctor will usually pick up that this is a moderate or uh, severe disease and you'll be admitted to be given oxygen and, and other therapies in the hospital. But the, the, the emphasis lies on seeking help early. So some people, you find that they test COVID uh, positive and they just keep quiet. And I feel like that's a great injustice for, you know, those people who are around you because you are unwilling, they're unwillingly um, getting exposed to, to the COVID-19 virus. Okay. All right. So how do you treat a patient with symptoms of COVID-19 yet having tested negative either through PCR or the rapid one? Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard of cases. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't met it myself, but I've heard of cases whereby Patients present, you know, with COVID, classic COVID-19 symptoms. Mm-hmm. But you do a, a rapid test, it's negative. You do a PCR test, it's negative. So um, what has been done is there's been a ward, I know, at UBH that has been set aside for uh, COVID-19 um, persons under investigations. So what we do is we treat those patients as COVID-19 patients while we still do the test because... Um, you know, you don't want to lose someone uh, with his entire same immunity test your COVID. So you okay. treat them as COVID-19 po- uh, positive patients while we do tests because you find some actually eventually test positive on the third or fourth PCR test. So we just treat them as uh, COVID-19. That's it. All right. Uh, i got a couple of questions there on my WhatsApp line. Uh, someone okay. is saying, is a person better off at home or going to the hospital, given that uh, we are not the best in in medicine in Zimbabwe. That's what they say. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, it's a sentiment that I've heard quite a lot. Um, our health systems are mostly overwhelmed because, you know, I, I read a couple of days ago where UBH was suffering from lack of oxygen, you know, and the primary drug for, for COVID-19 is getting oxygen into the lungs. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, again, I would advise people to first seek the opinion of a doctor, as in you go there and be assessed to see if is it okay for you to be um, managed at home. Like I said, for the mild cases, you can be managed at home, but there's some moderate and severe cases where you need admission because some eventually need to be sedated and intubated 
I don't know if you, you understand what I'm uh, I'm saying, but so the the gist of the matter is that go and be seen, and the health practitioner helps to see uh, decides rather to see whether you need home treatment or hospital treatment. Mm-hmm. All right. Then someone is asking, how dangerous is it for young children? Um. Initially, uh, studies were just showing that children generally have um, uh, a less uh, severe illness when it comes to COVID-19. I think that still stands, but there are some children who have been infected with COVID-19 and they have gotten ill. But generally, uh, children uh, suffer less severe diseases as compared to, say, the elderly and those with comorbid conditions. Mm -hmm. So you find that even women who deliver, you know, in as much as we want to isolate the baby, they'll still be breastfeeding. It's safer for the child to breastfeed for, for with the mom. So, you know, I'll right. say. Okay. Then someone says it's hard to isolate in a one room. You have to send, mm-hmm. I have to send my kids a car to have space. Otherwise, I'll us isolate under the bed. I know this comes through like it's a joke, but then we have yeah. situations like that. And maybe people, they're living in one room or two rooms and maybe they are mm-hmm. four or five. How does mm-hmm. someone isolate in such a situation? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, with the Zimbabwean situation, um, you know, living conditions, there's overcrowding and, you know, limited living spaces for, you know, majority of the population. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, what should happen is when one gets tested, uh, and test positive for COVID-19 is that um, a city council rapid response team comes to assess the home situation. Mm-hmm. And when they see that um, you're probably not able to isolate in that environment because maybe of the number of people who live there, uh, they, you can be moved to a place of isolation. Um, I think there was a Langani uh, center for where we used to isolate COVID-19 positive patients where they don't have um, adequate facilities at home for isolation. So there are centers uh, around Vulawayo where people can actually go and isolate in because the isolation period is just about 10 days. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you go home. Yeah. All right. I also throw this one. Uh, there's a lot of... Um Worry that is surrounding uh, the vaccine. Uh, mm-hmm. South Africa, they've received their first million batch. So we're mm-hmm. looking at Zimbabwe. How is the situation looking at, looking like? As someone who's, work, who's working in the medical sector, what, how, what are we looking at in Zimbabwe? Um, like everybody else, we're just looking forward to getting the vaccine. Um, you know, you read, um, unfortunately, this is not the stuff that you probably would discuss in a COVID-19 response meeting, but it's just that you get from the news that, oh, we're on our way to acquiring the vaccine. But uh, surely we're looking forward to getting the vaccine because I I personally think this is the only way out of this COVID-19 um, mess that we're in uh, because we need to achieve that herd immunity. And I think we can only achieve it by using vaccines, you know, which control, you know, that you don't get severe infection and stuff like that. Because if we wait for the natural progression of the disease whereby, um, you know, the population gets infected, we're going to have more casualties. So definitely we're looking forward to getting the vaccine. Um, there are many, many um, companies that are manufacturing it. I'm just hoping that, you know, our, our leaders uh, manage to acquire, manage to acquire some for us because, yeah, we, we really, really need, do need the vaccine. Oh. Um, of course, there's been talks of, um, you know, the vaccine not being as effective 
against the UK and the, the South African variant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those have been said to be under study, uh, but basically the, the consensus out there is that the vaccine works is mostly efficacious against COVID-19. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Tawana Kupe, for sharing your knowledge with us. See you you are listening to Wednesday Women Emancipation, proudly brought to you by Women Institute of Leadership Development. Development. Sakisizwe ngututugisa omama. Welcome back to our conversation. I see the U Women's Institute for Leadership Development. So I can see some of your questions. Galapo, don't worry, we're still happening. Joining me for our conversation is Emmanuel Marozwa, a medical laboratory scientist. Uh, Emmanuel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right. Kindly tell us briefly what you do. So basically, I'm a medical laboratory scientist at... Uh uh, the United Lion Hospitals. I've also been greatly attached with uh, the National TB Reference Lab and basically looking at this uh, COVID testing, spinning, teaching, and equipping Zimbabwe to, to better fight this pandemic. All right. Aren't you the guys who were supposed to be producing the uh, vaccine? Uh, sorry, I didn't get that question. I'm saying, aren't you the guys who are supposed to be producing the vaccine in Zimbabwe? That is very true. That is very true. We are the guys who <laughs> <laughs> we need to be sitting down and ensuring that we, we have our own own vaccine made. All right. But you know, a lot of things inhibit us on progressing in that dimension. All right. Hopefully it's going to be well very soon. Okay, so looking, looking at uh, COVID-19, right? I was uh, speaking to Dr. Kupe and we scoped down on the COVID-19 variants that are there. And uh, the truth of it, there's also limited information around that. So when I, in your perspective, Gelapa, as someone who works in the sector, what are we looking at, uh, looking at this COVID-19 variant? So basically, um, as of uh, recent, we know that we have 
majorly two or three variants, one from Brazil, the other from UK, and the other one from South Africa. So I'll generally just break down on the two major ones, the UK variant and the South African variant, which the scientists have basically named uh, B117 and B1351 lineage. Mm -hmm. And these two variants um, have been seen the, the UK variant has basically been said that the mutation is on the S gene, the double deletion on position 69 and 70. Making what, what is this, that? <laughs> so, so, so you, will, you will then understand that when we're talking of viruses, as you have always seen those pictures portrayed, those are the protein cores that okay. are on those viruses, yeah? Yeah. And so when we speak of mutations, we're speaking on uh, um, a change on the protein molecule itself. Mm -hmm. So if you break down that, you'll understand that each protein molecule is made of nucleotides. Uh, nucleotides which come together, forming a cordon. A cordon then brings together, making a protein. Okay. So when we're talking about a mutation, we're talking of a deletion, maybe on a change of one nucleotide, which changes the cordon, which fits into the protein. So you make a different protein than that was there before. Okay. And this happens in viruses. This is not the only virus that mutates. And as of uh, last year, in April, the, the, the COVID uh, uh, virus itself had mutated about eight times. Okay. But you see, not, not all mutations are of significance to the virus. But this time around, it comes with it being more uh, successful in terms of it being transmissible a lot easier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so, so, when, uh -huh. so when you're talking like this and, uh, um, you know, I'm looking at the virus coming through like as a weapon, some biological weapon. Why is it mutating? Okay. So basically this, this happens whenever the, 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 the virus replicates. So when it replicates and it enters into a cell, replicates and moves on, the virus uh, uh, mutates. And usually it happens to, to, to just more or less like your cell phone. Uh, you know how every time, now and again, every year, a new iPhone is released, yeah? Mm -hmm. And they try to cope with the trends, try to cope with the demands of the people. Mm -hmm. So try and look at it in that way, that the virus is trying to uh, uh, settle well in its environment and become a bit more effective, as you may say. But the, the virus has no brain, yeah? This is mm. done more or less, let's say, automatically okay. uh, um, as a virus replicates. So now that it has replicated and it has formed a different variant, which is currently working well, it then does not force it to further on mutate more often than not. But you also will see, if you are speaking more of the COVID SARS, COVID-2 variant, it has more of like a proofreading mechanism, which even slows down its mutation rate. Okay. So basically, that that puts us at a at a better at a better uh, end of of this virus. Okay. So so if there are different variants of the respiratory disease, does that have an effect on the results uh, that may come out once a person is tested for the infection? Yes. This this may may affect uh, the the results in this way. Generally, the PCR may, a machine is a molecular test. Yeah. The polymerase chain reaction. What are we doing when we're doing this? Basically, there are two major phases when we're doing PCR. 
there's the extraction phase where we're trying to extract the, uh, the RNA molecule from the virus so that we can amplify it in the machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So inside the PCR machine, you have a mechanism of primers and probes. These are genetically sequenced uh, um, uh, molecules that are within this machine to be able to amplify this virus and produce many copies of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that machine, that particular machine that is being used to amplify this sample uh, and the primers and probes are not sequenced to be able to detect the mutation, uh, it then makes it a bit difficult for them to produce a positive result, even if the virus is present. Okay. But as a former Fisher, as I was just going through some one of the greatest companies that has produced many of these PSAR machines, it was saying the mutations that have happened so far with their machines, the machines are still capable on detecting the virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, the mutation yes has an impact on the result. Okay. Depending on the sequencing of the primers and probes that are being used by the particular machine. All right. Uh, in Zim, do we have laboratories that are testing for different variants of the virus? Well, I, I let me let me not generalize and then say an answer for all the laboratories that are currently testing, mm-hmm. because you have the government sector and the private sector, which are both trying to get in arms against this virus. Uh, but for for the general uh, uh, for for so much as I know, those that are using machines that have been produced by Demo Fisher Scientific Lab basically are still able to test and ensure that they can capture this virus because the mutations are still within the the, the, the confines of their sequencing of their primers and probes. Okay, okay. So, um, please help help me out on this one. What is it meant uh, when one has a false negative and a false positive result? So basically, when you're looking at false negative, you're saying this individual is in actual fact positive, but okay. the result that they have at hand is saying they're negative, which poses a great risk on the general public because they will go out and live their lives as normal and engage in their daily activities because they are, they've been told they're what? They're negative. Right. And then... They, they, they spread the infection to others. False positive is when you receive a positive result, but in actual fact, you're what? You're negative. Uh, and this has a, 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 a slight bit of an impact. It's only on the individual because mm-hmm. I don't know how much stigma is now being held to people who are COVID positive mm-hmm. after our great understanding that this is more of uh, of. Uh, it presents itself in different ways and forms in other people. The same way as influenza can infect someone and kill, to some you be asymptomatic and you can still continue with your daily life. So depending on the stigma that the public uh, still holds on this, it may cause some psychological effect on how they perceive themselves. But that's generally how what, what we mean when we say you have a false negative and a false positive result. All right. And how frequent are these results? Depending on the test that is being used. So basically in Zimbabwe, we have three major tests that were, were currently that are currently in use. So we have the antibody tests. The antibody tests are more of screening because we have realized that whenever anyone is infected by a different disease, 
you will produce antibodies against the disease. Mm. And we cannot use that as a diagnostic test. So that has been used as a screening kind of a test that we go into a population of people. We do a screening test as to how many people have been infected by SARS-CoV-2. But then we then rolled out another test, which is the antigen rapid test kit. These diagnostic test kits, unfortunately, don't come 100% sensitive uh, to the virus. So you may have test kits that are 84%, some that are 90 so which gives us another loophole of knowing that we may have other test results that are not the true result. Mm. So basically, with the uh, RDT test, you have, let's say if it's 84% sensitive, uh, the remaining balance, which is I think 16%, yeah, is, is the amount of, of error of results that you can get, yeah? But it is quite effective in terms of diagnosis and being able to to triage our patients and to diagnose them of the disease. Then you have our gold standard test, which is the PCR test that we have been running, uh, which is currently being uh, threatened by uh, the change of the mutation of of the virus, which has a 100% chance of being able to detect the virus and to be able to produce a correct result. I've got a thousand questions to ask you about that, but, you know, in the interest of time, and I've got a couple of listeners that want to ask as well. So um, mm-hmm. looking at the validity of these results, you know, specifically right now in the surge of the different variants, you know, how valid are the results? You know, there are these different variants that, are, that have now come um, up. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? <laughs> so, so, yeah, talking about the variants, at the moment, you know, scientists are, they are hitting hard and they're hitting sleepless nights on trying to sequence this new mutation to ensure that the machines are working 100%. Uh, as any disease, you know, it progresses with time. And because this disease has been, A, mutating and moving in a very rapid pace, to be honest, I'll tell you that the results that you are getting from your different uh, testing sites are okay. Let's trust them and behave like so because if we if we doubt the results that we get, we then push ourselves into a black hole of uh, of not having any direction. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would commend the general public that listen, take the results that you have gotten from the different various accredited laboratories, which is another key that wherever you. Yes, accredited laboratories. Go to laboratories that have been certified to test for uh, 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 COVID, SARS, COVID-2, because not all laboratories can. And so you ensure that if you go to those laboratories, for instance, Diagnostic Lab, Lancet, you go to CMAS, Corporate 24, you have the government hospitals, you have Bilo. And so those laboratories are constantly advancing and enhancing their systems to produce the quality results for better diagnosis. So, yeah, yeah. so go to those laboratories and you are sure that the results that you're going to get there will greatly assist on you being held and treated. All right. Okay, I hear you. All right, so the new variants are here and uh, the effectiveness of the vaccine against them. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Thank you so much for throwing this up. So basically, the, the vaccine is an RNA-based uh, um, uh, vaccine because you also understand that COVID is an RNA virus. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what scientists have basically done is pre- prepare this RNA uh, vaccine. They've extracted uh, basically the important part, which is called the spike protein, is what they've used to create this vaccine. Okay. Um, you have that is quite the most dominant uh, aspect of the virus. Uh, so they have taken that, prepared uh, RNA, packaged it in phospholipid molecule, and then uh, packaged it uh, for, for storage, transmission, and for, 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 for uh, what do you call this, for injectable for their different uh, patients. So what this uh, vaccine has done, when they were preparing it, they've also looked at its possibility of mutating okay. because that happens and it's so frequent. Mm-hmm. And so what they've used to prepare the vaccine has been able to, to curb this curve because if the virus changes this section of it, it then loses its virusness. I don't know if, 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 if that can be said out in a better way. Like, let me give you for an example. If yeah. um, um, you know Honda, a car, Honda, CC, you it, know yeah. exactly. They, they produce different uh, models now and again. Mm-hmm. But there's this specific thing that they do not change because if they change, it loses to be a Honda. It becomes then a VW and they, 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 they <laughs> cease to, to be impactful. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. So when they were creating this vaccine, they tried by all means to take the part of the virus that will not change so frequently or will not be affected greatly by mutation. So your body, therefore, after you are injected, the, 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 the mRNA will go into your cell cytoplasm and the transcript, uh, transcription will start happening. Uh, uh, then the, your, your, your cell will produce copies of the virus protein, put right. it into your body, your body will recognize it, and then you produce antibodies against it. And so you, you are basically fit uh, to fight this virus because what was presented to your body is what the virus will be even after mutation. All right. Okay, I get it. I've got a couple of questions that are saying, you know what, guy, the vaccine is coming. Would you recommend people to take it? <laughs> and on the back of that, because there have been a lot of talk, you know, around that, you know, it's made uh, to change people's bodies and don't only, you know, a lot of things that are people that are getting people worried. So as someone who works in this field, what, what's your perspective? What can you say to Abantu on this fear around taking the vaccine? Basically, I would encourage the people of Zimbabwe to take the vaccine. Uh, you know, a lot of people will totally bring in conspiracy theories on what this vaccine has been made of. What it but are they conspiracy be- theories, though? Hmm? Bill Gates is seeing the world like it's overpopulated. <laughs> 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 All right, continue, continue. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know. You could then say things like this with polio. So let's stop our kids from taking polio vaccines. Right. It, it's so unfortunate. You see, at the end of the day, we, we cannot get to answer all the questions about why these different uh, diseases are hitting us hard. Yeah? Okay. But you, you, will, you will always welcome a solution to the disease, which is why I now come back and say, and try and urge the, the, the nation of Zimbabwe, especially in the health sector, much needs to be done. We need to have research laboratories which will take these uh, uh, vaccines as they enter, test them on our population, run screening tests on them, and see whether they are suitable for our general public. Okay. But listen, 
no vaccine is let into the general public before runs or, 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 or health tests have been done on it. All right. Yeah. Well, one thing that worries me and is that there are so many different vaccines. Yes. There are so many different vaccines. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Something, something in me is not settling in because I'm also f- f- wanting to find out as Zimbabwe, which vaccine are we getting from and from where? Recently, over the past days, it's been discovered that there's now a fake vaccine in, in, in China. You know, this is me talking as a worried uh, citizen as well. Yes, yes. That is very true. You see, you have a couple of companies that have come up with this vaccine. You have the, uh, uh, the Moderna company, you have the Pfizer, and you have the Johnson & John. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of other people who are producing vaccines. Because, you know, this is a multi-million dollar business. Mm. Production of vaccines and setting them out in the market. Right. But you see, at the end of the day, um, I'm speaking as a, a, a consumer of the product as well because how I wish I could have been in the driving force of knowing exactly what we are doing here. All right. Because of my incapability of knowing how to therefore screen and know what is perfect, we end up having, we're incapacitated to, to therefore tell the general public, listen, this is it, let's move with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so unfortunate uh, that we 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 will therefore be people who are just consumers and mm-hmm. people who do not produce. Mm-hmm. So right now, I cannot be in the space to literally clearly tell you that now take this one in specific because this one is the perfect one because I I'm not currently capacitated to to to, to come up with such a verdict. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Your words in closing, what would you say to the public? So basically, I would totally encourage the general citizens of Zimbabwe to do their level best in ensuring that they protect themselves from this virus. Let's continue with what has been said. Let's wash our hands. Let us put on our masks. Let us social distance and great, um, and most of all, let, let us continuously encourage ourselves to 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 to, to, to be healthy individuals. Uh, listen, our general lifestyles contribute greatly on how we respond to disease. Mm-hmm. So let us be greatly active individuals. Exercise, drink loads of water, and let's do those things in our homes. Let's take more vitamin C because we're talking about a respiratory infection which presents itself more like flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having that vitamin C in our bodies and keeping ourselves in well aerated uh, places to ensure that we are at a better, safer place than if we do not practice that. All right. I skipped this one. I definitely have to ask it. Someone is saying, "Uti nkalumbuzele dona, i COVID nineteen iya shala yini empasheni." And does it stay in clothes? Uh, given that in uh, some there, there are water problems, so the issue of getting home and washing your clothes every single day, uh, yeah, it's 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 ideal, but it's not actually quite easy for everyone. So, does COVID nineteen stay on clothes? Okay, that that's a very beautiful question. Uh, basically. Uh, COVID-19 stays on different surfaces for a limited amount of time, depending on the surface and uh, what it is exposed to. So, yes, it may. Let's say, let me give you an example. You're in a combi, mm-hmm. yeah? Uh, you're in an ET and um, someone sneezes. And already what that does is exposing you to the infectious droplets of that individual, maybe to your shirt. Mm-hmm. And exactly, you're walking home. 
and you're going to meet your children. So, yes, it does. For how long? Very limited. Maybe you can talk of a couple of hours, three to four, five hours, yeah? But how I wish that we can literally be accustomed into understanding that normal way is you have impartial as a car and mm-hmm. for work. Mm-hmm. So basically, it'll be always good to remove them, put them aside. And that's why you see that uh, medical uh, in the medical field, you have scrubs and you have your general uniform and you have impartial as a car. Mm-hmm. That is all to curb and to cut down the chain of what of infection. Right. So does it stay closed? Yes, it does, but not for so long, right. uh, like like twenty four hours. No, but it does. But uh, when and how it is transmissible? Now we cannot clearly uh, say. So it's safer to continuously do that practice. Malfige kaya, remove the clothes, dump them over in some place, which will be washed at the end of the week or. I, I don't know how you would do it, but basically that practice is good to, to cut down infection. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming through and sharing your knowledge with us. We learned a lot. We're in class. We learned a lot. So thank you so much, Emmanuel Marosa. No, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. There you have it, Maim Laleli. <laughs> conversation with Emmanuel Marozwa who is a medical uh, laboratory scientist breaking it down for us this kind of this COVID-19 variants and of course it's a Valagelapana he placed emphasis on keeping to the regulations of protecting ourselves and our loved ones against COVID-19 and also Dr. Tawana Kupia she mentioned to Wutakuchinjanga, still wear your mask even though in the face of the new variants. Wash your hands, maintain that distance. And the need for testing. Looking at those symptoms. Test. And Emmanuel also mentioned to Wutakuchinjanga, make sure wherever you test. It's an accredited lab, Angiti. That looks at uh, accredited lab to test for COVID SARS, COVID-2. Four minutes before the hour of 11, this conversation is brought to us by Women's Institute for Leadership Development. Gwesabantu Ngolwesatu.
uvela ku Women's Institute for Leadership Development. Sakisizwe ngokuthuthukisa omama. Umakosa wa tesa ikala lukutwala lukunyati njalo kusolo uba. Umakosa wa sebenzisa ama.